This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. It looks like the TV news crew in Denver orchestrated the confrontation where their own security guard is accused of murdering a Patriot protester. The president returned to the campaign trail last night with a massive rally in Sanford, Florida. Joe Biden was on the trail, too, and also turned out a big crowd of Trump supporters. And the NBA Finals had its lowest ratings in league history. Get woke, go broke. With these stories and more from an American nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now. And thank you for tuning in to Right Now. This conversation never ends. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Right Now Jim Dawes. Or email me at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or you can call or text the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. So we're going to get to the uh, the Amy Coney Barrett hearings in the second half of today's show. I want to start by covering the latest developments in this apparent murder that took place after a Patriot um, muster out in Denver, Colorado last night. Tucker Carlson had the organizer of the the uh, demonstration on his show, and um, he he's a former special forces operator. He uh, was actually at Benghazi, but he described uh, the run up to the confrontation that resulted in the uh, the murder of uh, of that patriot protester by a so called security guard, and uh, he brought something to light that had been. Uh, occurring to me as well. And that, that, that is that that whole confrontation looked as if it had been staged. And, uh, and this uh, guest last night on Tucker's show said that he saw the news crew with the so-called security guard huddling prior to the confrontation with a fellow named Jacob Kelly. Jacob Kelly is a, a well-known Antifa Black Lives Matter agitator in Denver. He um, he was approaching the Patriot protesters as they were leaving and, uh, and trying to incite uh, uh, an attack on himself. Here's what it sounded like. Show me, motherfucker! Show me that, nigga! Don't fucking touch me! Touch me one more time, you're gonna get it! Next person to fucking touch me! Break it up! Mace me! Fucking mace me, bud! Come up to me and fucking mace me, nigga! Mace me, motherfucker! Mace me, motherfucker! I got the fucking mace on my ground! Fucking mace me! Go ahead and fucking mace me! Go and fucking head and mace me, nigga! Who did that sound like? Uh, he, by the way, is uh, is challenging uh, the fellow that the the news crew security guard ultimately shot in the head and trying to uh, get him to uh, react. If you look closely 
at Jacob Kelly. You can see that he is uh, carrying a sidearm underneath his T-shirt. And um, you couple this with the the uh, statements last night on Tucker's show that Kelly was seen uh, colluding, if you will, with the news crew and the security guard. And you can see what was likely going on and that that was he was trying to orchestrate a conference confrontation for the TV news cameras. And, uh, and this resulted in a confrontation that ultimately the security guard pulled a gun and shot a Patriot protester. Now there's a lot of discussion of whether or not this, uh, protester, his name is Lee Keltler. He is a, a Navy veteran, 47 year old father and business owner. If he, uh, if he sprayed mace at the security guard first, first of all, mace is not a lethal weapon and you cannot justify lethal force where the standard is you're in fear for reasonably in fear for your, uh, life or serious bodily harm. But it appears now that this news crew orchestrated this entire event and that is right in keeping with their response to this event where they're refusing to comment and, uh, and trying to put everything on, uh, this Pinkerton subcontractor that ultimately pulled the trigger. There's a lot of, uh, debate, uh, 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 speculation that the news crew didn't have a, a camera a video camera. They had a, a still camera and that they couldn't have been trying to orchestrate a confrontation. But if you look closely at the security guard himself, he is actually wearing a, uh, a set of sunglasses that are in fact video recording devices. So far from just being a security guard, this guy may have been there uh, taking footage for the TV cameras And this security guard, Matthew Doloff, D-O-L-L-O-F-F, unlicensed security guard. Security guard wouldn't have been appropriate in this situation under any circumstances. An executive protection um, detail would have been. But this guy wasn't acting as a security guard or his executive protection. And if he were, he would have removed his... VIP from the situation instead of provoking a confrontation with uh, uh, a a protester. But this story gets curiouser and curiouser, and uh, I I believe before this is all over with, the family of Lee Kelter Keltner is going to end up uh, owning a big part of that TV station as well, possibly as the Pinkerton Detective Agency. The uh, <clears throat> Doloff appeared that he has a long history of far-left activism and confrontation. And a lot of people are speculating that he may have been sort of a, a, a left-wing entree for the news crew. You know, these Antifa and Black Lives Matter don't like when news crews film their illegal acts and... Doffler may have been uh, chosen as their escort because he had contacts with these people and that allowed him to have entree to their uh, to their peaceful protests. 
If you want to read a, read a great thread on this, you can go to Michelle Malkin's page. She's got uh, the latest reporting on that. Who does that guy, um, Jacob Kelly, remind you of with his challenges to shoot me, shoot me, N-word, and MF-er? Sound just like that guy in uh, Kenosha, Joseph Rosenbaum, that ended up attacking an armed man and uh, and getting shot in self-defense. Hey, we're going to run out to a quick break. When we come back, we'll cover Trump's return to the campaign trail last night in Sanford, Florida. Stick with us. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. So it was about one week ago that the president uh, was diagnosed with the coronavirus. I guess it's actually been uh, a week, and uh, this is uh, it was day 10. And he has returned to the campaign trail and is apparently uh, raring to go. He was in good spirits last night and sounded strong and fully recovered. He was cleared to return to the campaign trail by his uh, his doctors, who certainly wouldn't have done that uh, if he were still contagious. But that didn't stop. Uh, the news crew from focusing on, uh, you know, the fact that uh, they were having uh, a campaign rally in the age of the Wuhan virus. Of course, they never have anything negative to say with regard to the peaceful protests that result in riots. And uh, I was glad to see last night the president wasn't uh, obsessing over the Russia hoax. He was instead focusing on the economy and and, uh, his uh, critiques of Joe Biden. I'm glad to see that. The president needs to drop this Russia hoax talk altogether because uh, the public is largely tired of it. And if he doesn't get reelected, if he doesn't focus on the, the issues that matter to the voters, then the Russia hoax bad actors will all get away with it. Little Jimmy Acosta was there, and um, he was trying to report when the, the crowd behind him broke out into this chant. And as this crowd is chanting that there are members of the press here who suck, I should also point out, Wolf, what also sucks, getting the coronavirus. Uh, yeah, this- I guess uh, getting the coronavirus does suck. But, you know, Jim Acosta was there. He was uh, participating as well. So if it's so dangerous, why would CNN allow him to go? The president uh, was actually dancing prior, you know, as he was approaching the podium. Uh, And when he got there, he said this. But now they say I'm immune. I can feel I feel so powerful. I'll walk into that audience. I'll walk in there. I'll kiss everyone in that audience. I'll kiss the guys and the beautiful women and um, everybody. I'll just give you a big fat kiss. No, but there is something. Uh, So 
You know, um, CNN immediately trotted out Dr. Fauci to comment on whether or not he was still contagious or whether or not he was still immune or he was immune. And Fauci said, yeah, well, he is not contagious. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been cleared. And he does have immunity. We don't know for how long, but at least for several weeks. But Trump, as I say, uh, avoided the, the most personal issues to him and focused instead on the threat that the Democrats posed to us. Here he is talking about Joe Biden's refusal to answer the question of whether or not he will pack the Supreme Court. Biden even refuses to answer questions on the packing of the Supreme Court. Nobody even thought of that for many, many, many decades. And that's what they want to do. They can't get there legitimately. So they say, that's all right. We'll just pack the court. We'll put a lot of super lefties on the court and we'll have a whole different country. Nope, not going to happen that way. We're not going to let it happen. Well, as a matter of fact, the Democrats have been talking about packing the court for some time. If you look on that Judiciary Committee that's uh, holding the hearing, the Democrats... A majority of them have uh, have advocating for packing the court, and uh, if they are, if they ever have power, you can bet that that's exactly what they will do after the nom- after the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. The president re- uh, returned to the issue that I think uh, is going to really turn out his base, and that was his success, uh, despite determined and really obsessive opposition from the courts and the Democrats on securing the border. Sleepy Joe Biden, and it wasn't him, it's the people that control him, he's controlled totally, has put forward the most radical platform in American history, including a plan to eliminate U.S. borders. Oh, that's wonderful. Where's our border? We don't have one. Just come in, everybody. Come on in. Come on in, everybody. If you're a murderer, if you're a rapist, if you're very, very sick, with a disease that can spread all over. Just come on in. Now, you know, we're up to almost 400 miles of wall. Nobody talks about that anymore. And we now have the tightest, safest border in our country's history. But we're up to almost 400 miles. It'll be finished very soon. Now, that sounds like some uh, hyperbole, the safest border in our history. But the truth of the matter is illegal border crossings have gone down by 90%, and it's been a combination of the added border uh, wall and uh, policies that have finally had their way to make it up to the Supreme Court and be uh, upheld that has allowed uh, the Border Patrol to return border crossers and wait in Mexico for their asylum her- hearings. Most of them don't bother to wait, and they just go home. But... Um, you know, once you start whittling down that number, you start getting ahead of the curve and you get to the point where you can actually spend more time on enforcement than housing and providing, um, services for all of the people who shouldn't have been here to begin with. Trump went on, on that, uh, that same tear and, uh, mentioned what the Democrats promised to provide taxpayer funded health care to illegal aliens would have on Social Security and Medicare. For years, Biden tried to cut Social Security and Medicare. You know all about that. Now Biden is pledging mass amnesty and federal health care for illegal aliens. Now, we all have a heart and we all want to take care of people. But what you're doing is you're telling millions of people to pour up into our country. We're going to give you education. We're going to give you health care. We're going to give you everything. 
We can't do it. We can't afford it. We can't take care of our own people. We have to take care of our people first. And if they let that happen, you would be decimating Medicare and destroying your Social Security. While I'm president, no one will touch your Medicare. No one will touch or hurt in any way, shape, or form your Social Security. That's a that's a claim that Biden has been pumping in the last few days that uh, Donald Trump is going to cut Social Security. It's the same talking point that the Democrats deploy every four years. This president ran uh, the first time on protecting uh, Social Security. And if you look at his statements, Biden is the last person on earth that has any credibility on this issue because he's on videotape, not once, not twice, but three separate times promising to cut Social Security and Medicare. They need to add that clip to uh, some of Trump's um, campaign ads because if you would believe the media, which I don't, uh, Trump is losing support among the elderly. This president has uh, has been nominated now for four or four times, I should say, for Nobel Peace Prizes. The other day when they gave the Nobel Peace Prize to a, a food program, uh, CNN and MSNBC were celebrating that Donald Trump didn't get the prize. Too stupid, I suppose, to realize that these nominations that he's currently got, four now, are not for the 2020 Nobel, but for 2021. Now I'm not saying that Trump has any chance of getting the Nobel peace prize from that far left group, but it's funny to watch how stupid they are and how anxious they are to, uh, to use any sort of criticism of the president. The president did touch on his, uh, his support for Israel and his success in laying the groundwork for peace in the Middle East and bringing our troops home. I kept my promise, recognized the true capital of Israel, and opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. And every president promised to do it. Every president said they were going to do that for many, many decades. They all were going to do that. Nobody did it because... Once they got in office, there was a lot of pressure on you not to do it. I could tell you I was called by every foreign leader, please don't do it, please don't do it. I told the story. I said, listen, uh, tell them I'll call them back in a couple of days. Then I did it. I called them back. Hey, what's up? I also recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. 52 years they've been working on that. They've been working on that for 52 years. They couldn't get anything. Every year, people would fly in. Stay, wine, dine, have a good time, and leave. Nothing would happen. 52 years, I got it done in one day. And instead of these, instead of these endless wars, we're forging peace in the Middle East and peace without blood all over the sand. Trying to bring the troops home at long last with uh, determined opposition from the military-industrial complex. But the president touched on his his um, expertise at making a deal when he saw that the Palestinians were intractable and in making any concessions at all to Israel. What he did was start granting 
the uh, the requests of Israel, and that put the Palestinians in the in a, a lose lose situation. If they're going to be intractable and refuse to make any compromises or concessions, then you just negotiate with the uh, the partner that you have, and that has taken all of the uh, the power away from Palestine the Palestinian authority and Hamas and, uh, the other, uh, countries, nations, fiefdoms, sheikdoms in the middle East have seen this and decided they would rather be on the, uh, the winning side of that equation and started, uh, recognizing Israel and the president got to, uh, Joe Biden, uh, with this very, uh, devastating attack. So I proudly received the endorsements of the Fraternal Order of Police, the National Association of Police Organizations, the National Troopers Coalition, the International Union of Police Associations, the National Latino Police Officers Association, the Florida Police Chiefs, and all of these incredible organizations, plus all over the country, and when I asked them, Name one organization. Give me one organization during our debate where he was saved by the moderator about four times. He couldn't answer it. Name one law enforcement organization. He couldn't name one. Then I said, say the words law enforcement. Just say it. Couldn't do it. He couldn't say it. He couldn't say it because he is scared to death of alienating his far left wing base that he's going to need to win this election. You know, if you look beyond these polls, I just, I, I think Trump is headed on a trajectory for reelection. The same people that told us that he wasn't going to win in 2016, the same news organization and the same pollsters are at it again. They apparently have not learned nothing about, uh, you know, modern, uh, polling. I, that's not true. They, they know their polls are bunk. They're, <laughs> The pollsters will will tell you anything you pay them to tell you. They said Trump was going to lose in 2016. They said that Brexit was going to fail massively. They're not there to reflect public opinion. They're there to shape public opinion. But I don't want to give Joe Biden any short shrift. Joe Biden was out on the campaign trail, too, (laughs) if that's what you want to call it. I don't know why Joe Biden flies out of his basement in Delaware to read his teleprompter in front of six or eight people sitting in a circle and then take no questions from local news reporters. I have noticed that Biden has been coughing uncontrollably for going on two weeks now since he left his basement. There's no mention of that on the news media about wanting to see his test. But, you know, he he had a campaign yesterday, a, a campaign event, where more Trump supporters voted up to, uh, showed up to jeer him than actual uh, Biden supporters showed up to cheer him. The Trump supporters were jeering. The handful of Biden supporters were cheering. It was something to watch. Uh, you could tell Joe Biden was getting quite aggravated because they were drowning out his speech. Joe Biden is a gafferama. He is, you just wind him up and set him loose and he will 
reliably deliver one gaffe after the next. Let me see if I can find this one that was uh, pretty impressive. You know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. (laughs) You know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. <laughs> you can hear the horns blowing and the uh, the Trump supporters chanting in the background. I I was sort of relieved to hear that. It appears that Joe Biden is going to be dropping his campaign for the White House and instead uh, running to reclaim his old Senate seat. <laughs> he didn't know where he was. He said uh, he said he was in Ohio. He was not in Ohio. It's just nonstop with this guy. Here he is trying to remember. remember. Here he is trying to remember Mitt Romney's name. I remember. I got in trouble when I wanted to get the senator who was a Mormon. The governor, okay? I took him on. One of the senators that was a Mormon. uh, You know, the governor, okay? I took him on. Oh, man. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the NBA collapse. The California ballot harvesting stage and the confirmation hearings for ACB right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Stick with me. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So we're going to get into the Amy Comey Barrett hearings. And spoiler alert, she's kicking their ass. She, she is quite obviously watching these hearings, the smartest person in the room most impressive in every way and uh, she's not being flustered at all she's sitting at the table by herself with no notes referring to her uh, opinions and her scholarly writings simply from memory perfectly at ease perfectly confident not being rattled at all by these unhinged attacks from the democrats but i want to go over a few things first these uh, these hearings are going to go on all week and i don't want to wear you out with them I want to start with a, a little sound bite for you. If you thought uh, pathetic Joe Scarborough and crazy Mika Brzezinski uh, had sort of cornered the market on the real over-the-top Trump derangement syndrome hate freakouts, well, a new uh, contender has emerged on the scene in the form of Keith Olbermann. Now, Olbermann is stepped uh, away for the last several months, I guess four or five months, but he's back now, baby. He's got a YouTube channel 
and uh, he's trying desperately to get attention. And if you want to see some really hate Trump theater, it's hard to beat uh, these uh, commentaries that uh, Keith Olbermann is putting together. I can imagine that the people have who've been desensitized watching MSNBC and CNN and, you know, need ever greater vitriol and hatred for Donald Trump in order to get their, uh, their, you know, uh, fix on Trump hatred. Well, baby, Keith Olbermann is bringing it. Trump can be and must be expunged. The hate he has triggered, the Pandora's box he has opened, they will not be so easily destroyed. So let us brace ourselves. The task is twofold. The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he <laughs> and his enablers and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Barrs and the Sean Hannity's and the Mike Pence's and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Coney Barrett's must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it and to rebuild the world Trump has nearly destroyed by turning it over to a virus. Remember it. Even as we dream of a return to reality and safety and the country for which our forefathers died, that the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase, at least for a moment, Trump and the maggots off the stage. Oh, my and God. And try to clean up what they left. Remember it, even though to remember it, means remembering that the fight does not end November 3rd, but in many ways will only begin that <laughs> So he's going to prosecute us maggots and remove us from society. Oh, my God. You wonder, you know, if that is strictly an act or if he is really that deranged. I guess, you know, we've seen people like this in history be this unhinged. If, if he were... You know, in the old Soviet Union, he would definitely be sending people off to the gulags. One wonders if he really believed this, would he think that if Trump won, that we were to prosecute him and remove him from society? Oh, man, that guy needs to be fitted for a straitjacket in a padded room. (laughs) But he knows how to get attention in this modern media world, and I guess uh, he's going to have his his share of uh, people who need to get their fix, who are just you know uh, MSNBC and CNN are not getting it done anymore, and they they've developed a tolerance for this, and they they need to keep upping the dose. Oh man! So Claire McCaskill yesterday, she's the uh, failed senator from Missouri that uh, was defeated by Josh Hawley in the last election cycle. I sure hope that Josh Hawley, I have a chance to vote for him for president one day. But she put a tweet up on Twitter with a a photograph of a long voting line that wrapped around the block in Suwannee, Georgia. Suwannee, Georgia. Suwannee, Georgia is uh, in Gwinnett County. It's a suburb of Atlanta. And uh, Claire McCaskill uh, asks, this is a picture of voter suppression. Why do Americans have to wait in long lines? This line is in Suwannee, Georgia, to vote today. So according to Claire McCaskill, and she goes on in this tweet to blame it on the Georgia Secretary of State, 
the Republican Secretary of State in Georgia is suppressing voting. This is an early voting line that's especially long because of social distancing. What apparently Claire McCaskill doesn't understand is Suwanee, Georgia is a solidly GOP district, and it would be asinine to the point of uh, just abject stupidity if a Republican Secretary of State was trying to suppress the vote there. But, you know, these people don't bother to get the facts before they uh, they opine. If, uh, if they can find an image that somehow supports their conspiracy theory, then they'll put it forward. There's a big debate going on on whether or not uh, poor Anthony Fauci has been uh, quoted out of t- context in this uh, ad that the Trump campaign is running, in which he says that he can't imagine how anybody could have done more to combat this virus. Fauci has uh, has been caught um, upsetting the sensitive feelings of uh, the Democrats, and so he went on to CNN and uh, claimed that he was taken out of context. Here he is. I think he uh, he's on here with... Uh, Jake Tapper to ask you about this Trump campaign advertisement where you're on camera saying, quote, I can't imagine that anybody could be doing more. You quickly came out with a statement that noted that that sentence had been taken out of context. You were talking about the whole of government response, not President Trump. And of course, you've never endorsed a presidential candidate. Guess who's in charge of the whole of government, Jakey? In your five decades of public service, should the Trump campaign take this ad down? You know, I think so, Jake. I think it's really unfortunate and really disappointing that they did that. It's so clear that I'm not a political person, and I have never either directly— He's not He's not uh, quoting you as endorsing. He is quoting you as describing the response, which has been wildly mis- mischaracterized by the Democrats. Here he is actually in context. Team, I'm not the only person— since the beginning that we even recognized what this was, I have been devoting almost full time on this, almost full time. I'm down at the White House virtually every day with the task force. I'm connected by phone uh, throughout the day and into the night. When I say night, I'm talking 12, 1, 2 in the morning. I'm not the only one. There's a whole group of us that are doing that. It's every single day. So I can't imagine that that under any circumstances that anybody could be doing more. I mean, obviously, we're, we're fighting a formidable enemy, this virus, this virus. So sounds like it was taken pretty much in context to me. He's got a task force that's meeting uh, at the White House each and every day for long hours, even into the night. It's exactly what you were quoted as saying. Oh, man. So let's get into these hearings. Well, we'll run out to a break first, and then we'll have all the time when we come back. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Rebel rousers, instigators, troublemakers, freaks, agitators, fanatics, scallywags, scamps, firebrands, rogues, scoundrels, mojo sexuals, mojo 5 This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. 
No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Rebel rousers, instigators, troublemakers, freaks, protests, agitators, fanatics, scallywags, scamps, firebrands, rogues, scoundrels, mojo sexuals, mojo 5 so let's get into these uh, Amy Comey Barrett hearings. Um, one thing that you quickly realize when you're watching this is that Amy Coney Barrett is a very impressive uh, woman, uh, uh, an incredible nominee, a fantastic judge. It's really just a shame that uh, at least half of the people in this country really can't allow themselves to be proud that this country produced such a... Uh, an impressive woman, not only professionally, but personally. And I feel bad for ACB having to sit there in front of these, uh, these really, uh, low life Democrats on this committee. And, uh, as they try to figure out ways to attack her and, uh, and try to pretend as if she's, uh, gonna throw people off of their health care and overturn, um, precedent uh in a political way she has been uh, just thoroughly um handling the democrats on this committee uh sort of seems like she's she's schooling them they're starting to get a little bit more reluctant to take her on head on because i think they're starting to realize how bad they look in contrast here's a little bit of her opening statement yesterday I also clerked for Justice Scalia, and like many law students, I felt like I knew the justice before I ever met him because I had read so many of his colorful, accessible opinions. More than the style of his writing, though, it was the content of Justice Scalia's reasoning that shaped me. His judicial philosophy was straightforward. A judge must apply the law as it is written not as she wishes it were. Sometimes that approach meant reaching results that he did not like. But as he put it in one of his best-known opinions, that is what it means to say that we have a government of laws and not of men. Justice Scalia taught me more than just law. He was devoted to his family, resolute in his beliefs, and fearless of criticism. And as I embarked on my own legal career, I resolved to maintain that same perspective. There's a tendency in our profession to treat the practice of law as all-consuming while losing sight of everything else. But that makes for a shallow and unfulfilling life. I worked hard as a lawyer and as a professor. I owed that to my clients, to my students, and to myself but I never let the law define my identity or crowd out the rest of my life. A similar principle applies to the role of courts. Courts have a vital responsibility to the rule of law, which is critical to a free society. But courts are not designed to solve every problem or right every wrong in our public life. The policy decisions and value judgments of government 
must be made by the political branches, elected by and accountable to the people. Hallelujah. That is not what the Democrats want to hear, of course. The Democrats want the courts to be a super legislature, unelected, unaccountable. They want them to adopt and implement their left-wing agenda. And that is why the Democrats are freaking out so badly. As well, I, I, I detect some snobbery that this, this Southern girl that uh, didn't go to an Ivy League school, that uh, went to a Christian uh, prep school and, uh, and uh, undergraduate and then finished first in her class at uh, University of Notre Dame Law School, is somehow, you know, uh, not born to the manor. Now, she is doing an absolutely fantastic job. The Democrats are trying to to uh, smear her as heartless because they say that she's going to overturn the Affordable Care Act. The problem is, of course, this case that they keep talking about is is not talking about the uh revocation of the emergency care act it is on a very narrow ground of severability and uh, they're trying to say that because she uh, wrote a, a scholarly paper on judge roberts reasoning for uh, not you know throwing it out where she took some issue with some of his opinions that she is a, uh, a what did what did booker say a no, it was White House, a torpedo aimed right at the the uh, uh, Affordable Care Act. First of all, what's really absurd about this whole thing is there six Democrat members on this Judiciary Committee who voted, sponsored a paper in the Senate to eliminate the Affordable Care Act and replace it with uh, Medicare for all. If this ACA were so wonderful, why would they be voting to replace it? They know because it's making people very angry. It may, it may satisfy some people with low incomes or people with pre-existing conditions, but the vast majority of people, it has been a disaster. Only the Democrats name a piece of legislation, the Affordable Care Act, that has quadrupled premiums and shot deductibles through the roof. Now, if they're running on the Emergency Care Act, and they're, you know, they're, they're bringing up these posters of these individual people that they say Amy Coney Barrett's going to kill as she's set on the Supreme Court. But it's um, it's Harris, Kamala Harris on the committee, Patrick Leahy, Blumenthal, Booker, Hirono, and White House all voted to eliminate the Affordable Care Act and replace it with Medicare for all. And if Obamacare was so great, why did the Democrats who passed the bill with only Democrat votes, exempt themselves and their staff from living with the Obamacare? Why didn't they throw away their gold-plated government 
taxpayer-funded health care because they know that Obamacare sucks. They still know it sucks. But Amy Coney Barrett went right at them on this. Here is a exchange between the loathsome, just despicable Dick Durbin and uh, Judge Barrett on the ACA. Comes down to you've been unequivocal in being critical of the decisions, both in uh, NFIB Sibelius and in King Burwell, and we naturally draw the conclusion there's going to be a third strike uh, it, when it comes to Texas and California. You said it won't affect pre-existing conditions. If the petitioners have their way, there will not be an Affordable Care Act to protect pre-existing conditions on the severability question. So. Give us an insight how you can be so unequivocal in opposing the majority decisions in NFIB Sibelius and in King and Burwell, but have an open mind when it comes to the future of the Affordable Care Act. Sure. Thank you for that question, Senator Durbin, because it gives me an opportunity to make my position clear. Um, When I wrote and this was as a law professor, about those decisions, I did critique the statutory interpretation of the majority opinions. And as I mentioned before, my description of them was consistent with the way that Chief Justice Roberts described the statutory question. But I think that your concern is that because I critiqued the statutory reasoning that I'm hostile to the ACA, and that because I'm hostile to the ACA that I would decide a case a particular way. And I assure you that I am not. I'm not hostile to the ACA. I'm not hostile to any statute that you pass. And the cases on which I commented, and we can talk at another time, I guess, about the context, the distinctions between academic writing and judicial decision-making, but those were on entirely different issues. So to assume that because I critiqued the interpretation of the mandate or the phrase established by a state means that on the entirely different legal question of severability, I would reach a particular result, just assumes that I'm hostile. And that's not the case. I apply the law, I follow the law, you make the policy. So let's talk about that for a moment. (laughs) I I, I was watching Durbin when she was speaking. It it seems like he's uh, getting circles run around him. And, you know, this whole thing is uh, predetermined. They're going to put... Amy Coney, uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett on the bench. And it's going to be a, a fantastic development. I actually wish we could clone her and just uh, replace the entire court because she has said more clearly just exactly what the proper role of a, a judge, any judge, much less a Supreme Court justice, to interpret the law and not try to impose her own uh, preferences. I'm not going to torture you with a a lot of the rantings of the other members on the committee because uh, uh, Durbin's question was about the most um, legitimate one. But they they spent the rest of the afternoon, you know, showing pictures of people that are going to be thrown out of their health care if Amy Coney Barrett gets on the bench. And... uh, you know they're uh, they're really highlighting the the danger that they pose 
if and uh, when Joe Biden uh, is elected and if the Democrats were to take uh, retake the Senate, they will do everything they can to minimize a, a strict constitutionalist constructionist court. They will try to pack it with a bunch of uh, left-wing ideologues to implement judicially what they cannot implement legislatively. That's really the difference between the Republican appointees and the Democrat appointees. The Republicans confine themselves to the law, and the Democrats try to bend and shape the law to suit a desired outcome. They're continuing to ask uh, ask Joe Biden and Kamala Harris whether or not they're going to pack the court. Uh, they refuse to answer, but you can you can bet that that's what they're going to do. If they're not, they would tell you so. I mean, they're trying to cater to such a small fringe on the left wing of the Democrat Party. I guess they think that they've got to have every possible vote. What is this clip here? Okay. This is a a new ad that the Trump campaign has out uh, talking about the position of the Harris-Biden ticket. Should the Supreme Court be expanded? You know what, let's, I think that, first of all, Joe's been very clear. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve... Joe's been very clear. When was he very clear? Uh, You know what, let's, I think that, first of all, Joe's been very clear. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know... No, they don't. I'm not going to play his game. I am not, and I I, I know you're going to be upset with my answer. No, they don't. I'm not going to play his game. Voters have to wait until November 4th to find out how the vice president and yourself feel about that. What you think about doing that? Well, Joe Biden has been very clear. (laughs) Joe Biden's been very clear again. Joe Biden has been very clear. No, they don't. I'm not going to play his game. They'll know my opinion of court packing when the election is over. And if you haven't figured it out yet, the straight answer is they are going to pack the Supreme Court. Well, you remember the last time you heard that uh, it, it was from Nancy Pelosi. You, we have to pass Obamacare to find out what's in it. How'd that work out? We're going to have to uh, move on past this issue as well, though. There are plenty of other issues like the border and law enforcement and uh, uh, Joe Biden's corruption. How that has not been a bigger part of this campaign up until now just blows my mind. I know on the right, we're continuing to bang that drum of uh, the Biden family graft and corruption, but it's being kept away uh, from most of the voters, the consciousness of the electorate. And they're going to have to put out some ads that really drive home that point, too. So the uh, NBA Finals con- uh, completed this week, went to seven games, and uh, it was won by the Los Angeles Lakers, led by uh, LeBron James, the new uh, Colin Kaepernick. He's the NBA's Colin Kaepernick. And uh, Game 7 was the lowest Game 7 since they've been keeping records as far as a percentage of the audience. It was the lowest rated NBA finals as a percentage of the audience since the NBA started. 
I got a clip here of Clay Travis uh, on his uh, his network Outkick talking about this. Game three, and this statistic is going to blow your mind. The NBA ratings on Game three are now down seventy percent, seventy percent since the last time that LeBron James was in the NBA Finals two years ago. Get woke, go broke. It's a story that doesn't fail. The NBA and LeBron James in particular have mortgaged all the goodwill that Larry and Magic and Michael Jordan created for the NBA. Do you remember when the NBA, it's fantastic, was their tagline and they tried to sell everybody on how much fun the NBA is? Now all the NBA players want to do is mope around and talk about how awful America is, even though they're making tens of millions of dollars to play basketball, and even though they are doing that in a time when Americans are losing jobs left and right and we're in the middle of the corona crisis. They had an opportunity, the NBA did, to be a salvation, to be a shining light, to be a beacon of opportunity and hope for many sports fans out there. Instead, they decided to drag everything political and lecture people all day long, not play games because a guy refused to comply with police officers. And Jacob- <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that the working men, by and large, that went to work every day and just wanted to relax and watch some sports didn't want to listen to a bunch of grown men who get to play a child's game while making tens of millions of dollars a year didn't want to put up with that who knew <laughs> that uh nba commissioner what is his name silver eric silver is it he looks like a some sort of space alien to begin with. That is one weird-looking dude, man. But he says uh, that they're, they're going to take the social justice message off of the court for next year. <laughs> you think? I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to win the fans back now that we've got a clear picture of who these people are. But... Uh, I, I just look forward to a lot of them taking big salary cuts as a result of uh, all of the lost revenue that they contributed to with this tantrum that they threw. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us. And I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is... What's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.